Crest is proud to have De La Salle North Catholic High School as our community partner for this season of the podcast. De La Salle is the most diverse private school in Oregon, offering a college preparatory education exclusively to low-income students, turning no one away because of their inability to pay. Known as a school that works, De La Salle's corporate work-study program has every student work one day a week at Portland-area companies, offsetting 50% of their tuition. The innovative curriculum provides the students with real-world experience, self-confidence, and ownership of their education. When we build stronger, thriving communities, we all benefit. Learn more on how your company can get involved by visiting DeLaSalleNorth.org. Over the last two years, working professionals, myself included, have developed new habits and habits are hard to break. We're used to just being able to walk to the next room and we're online and we're ready to go. So asking people to commute, even if it's 15 or 20 minutes to a centrally located either office or a co-working space and but you know, co-working spaces are largely centrally located. Right. It's it's a tough ask. Even if it's only for two days a week, people they I think what they want is the flexibility to choose. Welcome to Think Beyond Space, the PDX Workplace Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Blake St. Ange, principal for the Portland office of Cressa, a global corporate real estate firm. From the people, the culture, and their thoughts on the future of work, we sit down with leaders from Portland's most respected companies to learn about what makes their workplaces tick. Subscribe at Cressa.com slash Portland or wherever you find your podcasts. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am uh, in a really beautiful home with a great backdrop and have a guest today, Amina Moreau, who is the co-founder and CEO of Radius, which we'll get into what Radius is. We're sitting in an actual Radius uh, space. So, Amina, welcome to the show. Thanks. Yeah, it's great to, to have you and the guys and yeah, isn't the space great? It's it's incredible. And we're only seeing a tiny little bit of it. So for those that don't know about Radius mm-hmm. and they don't know about you, uh, walk us through a little bit of the journey of what Radius is, how you mm-hmm. came to find it, found it with your co-founders, where you are today, and we'll just unfold from there. I just, I still can't get over how great this space is. So, okay. So in a nutshell, to define it, Radius is very much like Airbnb. But instead of overnight accommodations, we provide great workspaces in residential areas. Okay. So effectively, it's a space like this. It could be a guest house in somebody's backyard, uh, an investment property. It could be a condo. And it's converted to either a private office or a meeting space. And it gives people an opportunity to get some work-life separation, have in-person discussions like we're doing right now without having to commute very far to a centrally located office. Yeah. And to be clear, this was a pretty far drive for me personally, <laughs> uh, three minutes. Uh, so this was the perfect spot to, to have the conversation. Yeah. How serendipitous, right? Right. Yeah. So to your question, how did this all come about? In the middle of 2020, my family and I, we were forced to shut down our Airbnb space. We've got a little studio that's in our house as a separate entrance. And, you know, it covers about two thirds of our mortgage every month. And when the pandemic hit, we were forced to shut it down. And even when we were allowed to reopen, we didn't feel comfortable doing so. And the one thing that was stopping us was the idea of washing a stranger's linens during a pandemic. It was just a little too intimate for us. But at the same time, we were losing income every month that we didn't reopen. And so one day, it was probably August in 2020. We started just brainstorming. Is there a way for us to get back to hosting without the overnight component? Because if we could eliminate that, we would eliminate laundry. Which is, I mean, which is a big 
a, a big piece. Of it. It's a big piece. Yeah. And it's actually yeah. a really big pain point for Airbnb hosts in general, even regardless of a pandemic. So we're like, well, what if we just upgrade our Wi-Fi, put a sit-stand desk in there and just rent it out to our neighbors who at the time it was pre-vaccines, everyone was just stuck in their homes with right. their screaming kids and their barking dogs. Right. And what if it was just an escape for people? And the idea just went gangbusters among working professionals, but also our hosting community because yeah. we have friends that do this too. Right. And then once the fall came and we started talking to companies about, I mean, who didn't? There were so many companies coming out with headlines like, you know, permanent remote work right. or we're going hybrid forever. And we're like, wait a minute, this isn't just a little neighborhood initiative. This, this is a B2B platform. Right. And if companies could start offering this to their teams as a benefit, then everybody that's now stuck working at home could have a safe, convenient escape right. where they could also maybe get together in person once yeah. the pandemic is open. Yeah. Or is, is over. So the challenge of laundry turned into this massive business idea. Yeah. I mean, it that was, was the impetus. <laughs> that was the light bulb. That was a light bulb moment. I'm look, I, I, I'm the type of person I can't help but find silver linings. Otherwise, I would just be depressed all the time. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, when the pandemic hit, it, it affected so many people so negatively, myself included. I was like, I just, I can't just sit and do nothing and wallow in this. I have to figure something out. And we thought of a solution that could help our family, but realize, hey, if it could help a lot of other families as well, whether on the working professional side or even just with affordability, right? you know, hosts can make a little bit more money uh, on weekdays now Yeah, when Airbnb business is usually week weekends. Right. We can fill in Monday through Thursday, then we can help people for their mortgages. So how did you, so that's a little bit of the, the founding story, but what's your backstory? Mm. My backstory. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we've talked a little yeah. bit. We're looking at the, you know, cameras and everything else. But like, yep. what's a little bit of, of, because yep. it's a, it's a, you know, it's, it's, yeah, the experience is strong. So, it, yeah, it's been a journey. That's for sure. So I am a chronic entrepreneur and I use that word very intentionally. I'm not a serial entrepreneur. I'm a chronic entrepreneur because let's face it. Startup life is a little bit of a sickness. You have to be a little bit nuts to choose <laughs> this lifestyle. And that's all I've ever done. The first company I ever co-founded uh, was created in a dorm room. And it was a photo and video company. And it still exists today, almost two decades later. Wow. And, you know, it, it went on to uh, win five Emmy Awards. Yeah. And it ended up becoming uh, a well-known, I would say globally well-known brand in that industry and eventually became an incubator for all kinds of other startups that we wanted to roll out because yeah. we were just the type of people, if we saw a gap in the market, we wanted to fill it. Right. And if we could, then we were going to. And because we had this successful company that could afford to, you know, innovate and do a project that eventually would roll out and become its own company, then why not? So we did that. And I would say two of the other startups that, we founded together have some similarities to what Radius is because Radius is a two-sided marketplace. Right, yeah. Right? You yeah. know, you've got hosts and then you've got guests just yeah. like with Airbnb. Right. Well, two of the other companies that we founded together 
were kind of like that, except they were in a creative space with cameras or with music and, uh, you know, footage licensing, music licensing. But it's sort of the same idea. It's just that this idea is in real estate. Yeah. And so it's it's been a very fun and interesting journey. The thing about filmmaking, especially when you're doing it in corporate settings, is that every project is in a completely new industry. It could be finance one day and then it right. could be healthcare another day. Right. And as a storyteller, in order to tell that story, you under, you have to understand that context, which means every project you're parachuting in and you're doing a crash course on how to communicate in a really meaningful way. Yeah. yeah. And so when the idea for Radius came about and I had virtually no real estate background, I was like, all right, this just feels like home because it's just another crash course that I need to immerse myself in and learn as much as I can. And I just love doing yeah, that. Yeah, but, but your experience and your background led to that opportunity too, right? Like, you know how to, I mean, it's, yeah. it's knowing how to collaborate. It's knowing how, you, how to bring people together in those, those yeah. ways. And what you're doing here with Radius is that exact same mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. It's just a different medium by which you're doing it. Exactly. And two-sided marketplaces are notoriously difficult to build. It's almost like you're, building two companies at the same time because yeah, you have the, right. the supply side that you need to speak to and they have very different needs and priorities. Right. And then you've got the demand side that's it's just completely different audiences. So it's like you're building two companies at the same time, but because I've done it twice before, I, I feel very well prepared. The difference though, is that this idea is bigger and has more potential than anything I've ever done in my career. The timing for this, I mean, every company on the planet <laughs> is talking about remote and hybrid work right now and is trying to figure out their office strategy. Yeah. <laughs> and we have yep. a flexible office platform. So the timing yeah. couldn't be better. And the market opportunity for this is huge, which means there are millions, if not potentially billions of people that we can help. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so exciting. Well, it's one of the, and one of the things I, I sort of ask is what, what have you learned as a leader in the last couple of years going, going through the pandemic? But your very business was started in that. So the, the, yeah. the leadership during that is, I mean, it's a catalyzer, it's an entrepreneur to, to get things to where they are now. So you're almost, you know, you're what, three months shy of two years being in this. Yeah, about What's that. What's that? And, and you've, you know, you've recently won uh, opportunities from, uh, from Bend and from other sort of venture capital uh, arenas. Mm -hmm. So that also validates what it is that you're building. So it does. 18 months, 20 year, 20 months into this, into this journey, how's it, how's it been going? I mean, are you feeling like the, mm. the momentum is going? Do you feel like it's yeah. just like anything else? Like that first flywheel just takes forever to get going. And then all of a sudden it's like, yes. damn, people are starting to catch on. Yep. Yeah. You know, exactly what you just said about the flywheel, you've got to get that going. And there is a bit of a chicken and egg problem at the very beginning, right? Because in order for companies to be interested in our product, we have to have supply in order to entice right. them. But in order to have properties on our platform, we have to give hosts a reason to believe that companies are actually going to book their spaces. Right. So I do feel like we figured out a really nice algorithm for getting that flywheel going. But then you get network effects. Once you get just enough properties and companies start booking, then hosts start talking about it and companies start talking about it and the word of mouth engine starts to turn on. And then the social media engine starts to, to ramp up yeah. and it, it becomes easier and it costs less to acquire customers. And I'm so excited to say that as we speak, we are organizing a pilot in our second market. 
and we, which will remain unnamed. We, although I will say that it's in the Midwest, and we have some um, variables that we plug into our where do we expand into next equation. Yeah, and this other market uh, ticks all the boxes. So, um, you know, a big thing for us, especially when we're thinking about raising our next round of venture capital, is we want to be able to prove not just to investors, but to ourselves, that we can scale this to other cities, even cities that are different than Portland. We don't want it to just yeah. be like a Portland bubble thing. Right, right. This is a global platform. Yeah. So what, um, what made you look at outside funding? What made you look at VC funding in, in order to help sort of build this? So that, that's one question. The other question is, you know, you, you talk about companies, companies, companies. So is, that, is, is the goal to get this sort of an enterprise model so that it's not used as a necessarily a space, but more of a benefit, as you've mentioned, a benefit, mm-hmm. just like a health benefit, just like vacation benefit, just like, so this is just an added benefit when you go to, when someone's sort of entering that employer, mm-hmm. what's sort of the, the, the model or, or plan yep. for, for that? It's, it's shifted, honestly. You know, you learn so much about what customers want and need. And it's changing it, every and single it, day it in, our, in what's going on it, right now. It changes yeah. from week to week, yeah. you know. Even by the time that this episode goes live, something Some in the world yeah. of, of the future of work will have changed yeah. significantly, right. right? And so we sell our spaces in two ways, really. The benefit approach that you just mentioned. But we also recognize that companies they don't want to be locked into another fixed cost scenario right now. And in, in my view, when the world is pummeling you with unknowns, from pandemic waves to mass resignations to, heaven forbid, World War III, but, you know, market turbu- turbulence right yeah. now, inflation, there, there's, there's so, so much right yeah. now yeah. that, in my view, adding fixed costs is just reckless, if I'm to be blunt about it. And so I think that companies need to be investing in flexible solutions that allow them to ramp up or ramp down. And so at the moment, we're not saying, you know, company A, company B, sign on the dotted line for a year or for five years or anything like that. Sign sign up for one space. Book this fantastic grad space for a day. And that is the extent of the contract. And then do it two, three, four times, whether it's for a meeting, for a brainstorm, for an offsite, or even just as a solo escape for an employee that needs some work-life separation, for goodness sake. And then if you want to make it available to your greater workforce, then subscribe to the platform and offer our spaces for free to your people so they can book whenever they need to, no questions asked, and get what they need in order to get a good work payment. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing, there, there's a, a, a tale of two cities in terms of product, the industrial market from a real estate perspective is, is crazy, but the office side of things, we're, it, there's so, like you said, call it turbulence. I mean, there's, there's so much start, stop, how big are we, how small are we, where do we need to go, what's our workforce looking like? And there is, there's so much uncertainty and people don't wanna do long-term, yeah. long-term leases. It just depends on the type of organization but then you have the co-working side of things and, and the flex off, you know, office side of things. But even in that case, it's 30 days, it's 60 days, nine days and yep. beyond, right? So like yep. this gap that you're filling is a daily gap, an hourly gap in some cases mm-hmm. where people just need that separation from yep. you know, the home and the office mm-hmm. and the drive and a whole host of other things. Yeah, and let me just touch on the drive part 
for a minute because I, I feel like that's is cheap right now though. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, hop on your hoverboard and you'll be there in seconds. Uh, soon. Um, you know, the proximity thing is a, is a really big deal. Yes. Gas prices. That's, that's a big one, but even just the time to get there over the last two years, Working professionals, myself included, have developed new habits and habits are hard to break. We're yeah. used to just being able to walk to the next room and we're online and we're ready to go. So asking people to commute, even if it's 15 or 20 minutes to a centrally located either office or a co-working space. And, you know, co-working spaces are largely centrally located. Right. It's, it's a tough ask, even if it's only for two days a week. People, they, I think what they want is the flexibility to choose. And one of the reasons that I'm excited for Radius is that because our spaces are by definition residential, like mm -hmm. this one, they are therefore in residential areas. We're in the suburbs. We're in your neighborhood. We're three doors down at your neighbor's guest house turned office where you can walk. You can, even if you're driving, you're driving maybe five minutes as opposed to 20, 30, like 40, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. if let's say, you know, just, just as an example, you live in Northeast Portland, but you work for one of those West side companies in Beaverton or Hillsboro, mm -hmm. or you live in Vancouver, Washington, right? Then the amount of time that it takes and sitting in traffic, it's not good for the environment. It's not good for your pocketbook. And it's not really good for your family life either. And so why not just meet in Vancouver or meet in Northeast yeah. and have it be convenient. Yeah. Well, you're a foremost, you know, thought leader in, in this. I mean, you, you, you are, I mean, and you just started the company like again, 18, 20 months ago and to be on the list of, of, you know, forward thinking remote strategists and ideators, like it's, I mean, it's a big, you should be proud of yourself for what you guys are, what you're building Thank you. and you being a forward face out there sharing your ideas. I mean, you just got back from Montreal yep. and there's, there's just so much going on. You yeah. know, for you guys. Yeah. The the conversation is fascinating. And I think that is what gives me the ability to, I mean, you're right. It's been 18 months or so. And I'm speaking at conferences, international conferences about right. the future of remote and hybrid work. And I think that the reason that I've been able to do that is because I just find this topic fascinating. And so I'm reading about it all of the time and talking to people all the time, like right. we are now. Yeah. And it's, I think you have to be interested in order to, to move fast. And in any startup, you have, to, you have to move fast. But especially with something that's this timely, we will miss our chance yeah. if we don't go all in yeah. and love every minute of it. And let, let, let me be transparent. This is not easy. Mm -hmm. And we have our hard days where I need a shoulder. Mm -hmm. But I think or about long, or, or, or a long chairs, chair, yes, like, like this, which is <laughs> super comfortable, by the way. Yeah. You know, one of our spaces has a sauna, and people book it specifically for so sauna. that for the sauna. <laughs> yeah, right. Because they, you know, they'll do their lunch meeting. They'll yeah. work until three or four and p.m. and then they'll crack there. over. They'll open the whiskey, <laughs> declothe, and go out into the sauna. Yeah, and you know, you're not going to get that out of coworking. Yeah, space, no, right? very well, yeah. Yep. Not here. So it's it's about the comforts of home too. Yeah. And that's another thing that I think maybe especially for women, you know, my hands, even now I'm warm, but my hands are freezing. And having temperature control, having yeah. operable <laughs> windows, like having a thermostat where you can, you know, just tailor it to your comfort levels. 
that's something that I never thought about explicitly when I was going into the office before. But right. now that I'm either working from home or working from one of these spaces and I have that luxury, I, I, I feel at home. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes it's the little things. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it, that's, the, that's actually something. I mean, the whole HVAC thing is mm. the heating and air. Like oh, if yeah. you're in a big, you know, big office plate, like someone's going to be inevitably cold. Someone's inevitably going to be warm. So I think that I didn't even think about that yep. as a, you know, as a point of reference, mm -hmm. you know, for a place like this. Yeah. So how, how many people are, do you have at Radius? And what's the, like, what's, is the plan to sort of build out, continue to build out Portland? And then, I mean, I know that we're talking about this, a second market, but mm -hmm. what's the, what's next? Uh, because world you domination? Definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's one. Yeah. Because you already, like, you're, you're starting to get that traction, right? Again, like you're, you're, you're sort of winning awards and you're winning opportunities and funding. And so what's, is it just to continue to do, to do more of that, to get additional uh, capital then to continue to build out the team and build out the platform? But what, what is, what's your vision for the next, the next 18 months? Yeah. I mean, your company is only 18 months old. I know. I know. It's, it's hard. In some ways, it feels like we started it yesterday. Yeah. In other ways, it feels like an eternity because so much happens from day to day. We closed our first round of financing in January. So we're deploying those funds now and we've brought, we've increased the size of our okay, team. Okay, but so, real quick. Yeah. So within 15 months of founding the company, you already had a, a, an initial round of funding. Yes, we did. That's incredible. In the pandemic, isn't it? You know, this is my first time raising venture capital. So I don't actually know it's, whether it it's is. incredible or not. It's incredible. <laughs> I'm telling you that it, yeah. it that's a big feat. Hmm. And it doesn't matter if it's, it's if it's five dollars or five million dollars. Like that yeah. on a concept that was built, you know, in you know in yeah. COVID, yeah, in 14 months to yeah. get that, it's incredible. Yeah. Well, and I I also have to credit our investors. You know, we've got two funds, um, both of them locally based, which I'm really proud of because I love the Pacific Northwest. I love Portland. And I'm so proud to, to have two funds on our cap table, Portland Seed Fund and then OTBC's Westside Startup Fund um, on our cap table. Yeah. And then we've got angels from Oregon, California, Washington, and New York um, that came in and really believed in us and believed in our vision right from the very beginning. Yeah. And now we're deploying those funds. Our team is about 12. I've got two other co-founders who are fantastic and they're on the engineering side. Yeah. And really our goal between now and the fall is to really light Portland and the second market on fire and really start thinking about third, fourth, fifth geographies as well. Raise our next round, start hiring more people on a full-time basis and really do this because we're still in this phase where we're still learning. And it's not that we won't always be learning, but right. we're developing our playbooks for yeah. customer acquisition, for expansion. And one of the things that it's really exciting to me about this second market is that it's different enough from Portland that we get to identify what about our Portland playbook doesn't work there and then fill those holes and have those yeah. learning moments so that yeah. by the time we get to city three right. and it's four and five, as you go. we, yeah, we have that and, uh, and it's easy to onboard. Uh, so it's very exciting. So yeah. are the majority of the people that you're, you're hiring is on the back end engineering side? Is that the a big portion of that? It will be, but it hasn't been yet. So far, most of our hires have been around customer service because 
This is, we want the experience to be stellar. Yeah. So customers, so those, they, th those were our first hires and then sales and marketing. Yeah. Yeah. And we definitely need more engineering help. Um, and we're starting to get some, yeah. um, but the fact that my two co-founders are focused on that and put all of their energies into that, that's been such yeah. a huge help. So how many spaces do you have on the platform today? Mm. Well, we just announced that we surpassed 60 a couple days ago, and I think wow. we're at 62 today, if I remember correctly. But we have, you know, we're, we've added to our host acquisition strategy. You know, it's one thing to go to talk to somebody like Mike, who owns this place. Right. He has this one space. One conversation leads to one listing on our platform. But when you start talking to short-term rental property managers who have a portfolio of spaces, then you have that one touch point, but you might get 20 or up to maybe 200, 2,000 spaces in either one geography or across several. Um, and then this B2B platform that we've been talking about isn't just B2B on the demand side for companies, but it now becomes B2B on the supply side and it makes everything that much more yeah. efficient. So we just struck a relationship with another property manager who has 24 spaces. So, you know, we're going to be increasing by about a third our inventory just in yeah. one fell swoop. Well, there's also a vacation rental home uh, company that's based in, in Portland. I'm sure just you're a, having Just a little one. Just a little one. Just I'm sure you're one. having yeah. conversations with yeah. you as, a, as you guys yeah. scale beyond just, you know, beyond just Portland. But I think that's smart to talk. I mean, it's, it's a portfolio wide that, that those, like you said, those one conversations can yeah. lead to 20 or 30 yeah. listings beyond. And like I already mentioned, you know, those vacation rental companies like that, their busiest Monday through Sunday, sorry, I'm sorry, uh, Friday right, through Sunday, yeah. Friday through Sunday, they're busiest, and then June through August. But vacation rental properties, whether on Airbnb, VRBO, all of those vacation rental platforms, they experience a significant dip in the winter especially in geographies like right, yeah. the, the Northwest, right? Nobody comes here when it's raining. And so- <laughs> Nine months out of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and even in the summer, Monday through Thursday is still a little bit slower than yeah. those weekend dates. And so now that Radius exists, this is the first time that homeowners and short-term rental property managers can supplement their income in this way because weekdays are work days. Those days are our bread and butter. And if you think about the winter, when people aren't vacationing, which is what contributes to that dip, yeah. what are they doing? They're working and we're a working platform. So it's, it's, it's an exciting value proposition for those homeowners to be able to then supplement their income, subsidize the mortgage, and uh, it's a win-win. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what's, uh, what's next for the future of work? So we talked about the next mm -hmm. for, for Radius, but it's, it's a lot of the things that you're talking about for future work and hybrid and remote and all those sort of things. What do you see? I mean, you just came off, like I said, we just came off of, of Montreal. I'm sure you're talking to tons of companies around what they're, you know, is this, is <clears throat> Radius a solution or, you know, one of the solutions within yeah. their list of solutions yeah. for employees. What do you see is next for the, for the future of work? Yeah. It's nuanced. There are so many moving pieces and every company is going to need to find their own solution that works for them. There's not going to be a one size fits all either for every company or for every employee within a company. And the most resounding feedback that I've gotten talking to, to companies and attending these events is that flexibility is the number one thing to be offering employees in order to 
A, retain them and B, to attract them. And, but what does flexibility mean? I'll, I'll say <clears throat> what it doesn't mean is mandating a three, two return mm -hmm. or two or two, three return or any kind of return. In fact, mandates, mandates are of any kind, even if they are more favorable than a five day forced return, yeah. they're going to backfire because people want choice. And for anybody that has moved an hour or two away from the office they used to go to, now coming in is a way bigger barrier than it was before. And yeah. so now if you force them even for one day, it becomes a much, it, it becomes a problem. And so if I were to make any recommendations to companies that are listening right now, it's offer a menu of options and then let people choose. And there's another reason to do it. It's because if you, you know, behavior is a much more reliable metric mm -hmm. than self-report. So you can send all the surveys you yeah. want out there, but the data you get back is not going to be, is never going to be 100% accurate, right? Right. And yeah. if you base your decisions on inaccurate information, and those are just, high stakes decisions, yeah, yeah. you're, you're going to be kicking yourself. So behavioral data is way more reliable. But if you force people into those behaviors, then all of a sudden that data becomes meaningless because all you're gleaning is whether those people are willing to listen to you or not. Yeah. It yeah. says nothing about their preferences. So if you offer them a menu of options, working from home, working from the office, working from a co-working space, being in a park, being in a rad space. Working at Radius. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It is, right? Then you let them choose. See what they do. And let me give you one, what I thought was a fascinating example. University of Ohio, I think it was. My co-founder told me this story. They have buildings, right? And they wanted to put paths between the buildings. Yeah. And they were mapping out, well, you know, we could go here, we could go here. And what they ended up doing was before pouring any concrete, they just put down grass. And for the next year, they let people walk wherever they needed to go in order to make the most efficient line to the building that they were going to. And over that year, the grass got trampled. Yeah, you could, yeah. And there were patterns emerging. Yeah. And then they poured the concrete. And if you look that's at it from a bird's eye view. That's a really view, interesting way to do it. Isn't it? It makes a lot of sense. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, and so if you look at it from a bird's eye view, it looks totally chaotic. It, it doesn't look like something an architect would actually right. design or, you know. Totally. But it just makes perfect sense. Yeah. And it's such a great example of letting people give you behavioral feedback and then designing something super efficient afterwards let's not put the carpal yeah i think that's a big i we see obviously in in our in our industry we see a ton of that gorgeous space that's beautifully done on on covers of magazines and everything else but on day one use or day two use or day 400 use mm -hmm. some people just don't want to they, they don't want to touch it because it's so beautiful right yeah. and so the functionality it's more form than it is function right and this is is much the other way around which makes that it, it makes it much more efficient. It just, it just makes a much more sense for the people actually inhabiting what it is that yeah. you're building for. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't cost any more to do. It's just. Yeah. It should be thoughtful waiting. about what that exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. making the effort to watch and listen. And that's yeah. the other piece of advice that I can't stress enough for companies is watch and listen. You know, don't, don't just pay lip service. Don't just yeah. 
send out that survey and hope, but actually show people how your decisions are being made. Because even if the decision is different from what some employees were hoping to see, if you offer transparency into how that decision was made, then it signals to them you listened, you took their opinion into account, Mm -hmm. but here's why the policy was crafted in a different way. Yeah. But we still want feedback. Right. So let's try it. Let's get that feedback and let's iterate. Yeah. 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 So what's the behavior telling you about Radius Uh, thus far? Yeah. So I would say that about 60% of our bookings come from groups. So while- Divisions or groups of larger companies or like people or there's people that want to work together in a certain project base or- It's both. So we're being booked for for offsites, especially, you know, from whether companies have sites or not. You know, a lot of them are letting go of their real estate, but even those companies who still have offices, they recognize the need for a change of scenery. So I would say 60% are groups for for meetings, for brainstorms, for a, a specific purpose, and they might stay for the rest of the day and just co-work side by side, even yeah. if there's not something scheduled for the rest of the day. Right. And then 40% or so of our bookings come from individual employees that just want a space for either themselves on their own or, or work with a friend. Mm-hmm. So that's been really interesting. When I ask companies, do you care more about employee well-being and mental health and using Radius for that? Or do you care more about in-person collaboration? So far, the trend has been more more companies care more about the in-person collaboration. And it's not because they don't care about the mental health aspect, but it's because, and I think that this is right, that being together in person once in a while actually helps with the mental health, (laughs) right? And the byproduct of of coming together and yeah. Exactly. And if you're getting people out of the house, then for those in-person moments, then you're just, you're mitigating all kinds of things. So as I like to say, you're feeding two birds with one scone. Yeah. (laughs) A scone. Nice. (laughs) There we go. So what do people, what do you want people to know uh, like the one or two things that you want people and companies to know that, that, that are watching about Radius and about what they can, I mean, we've talked a lot about, you know, the functionality of Radius and how it's serving the community and how it's serving mm-hmm. companies, but is there like one or two nuggets that, that you want to share, you know, for, for the people, you know, listening or watching about the company yeah, and how they can inter- interact with it and what they can, or how they can try it or how they can at yeah. least be exposed to it. Yeah. I would encourage everybody that's listening and watching to just go on the platform radius.pro and just look at the spaces and see how unique they are. See how cozy some of them are, how interesting some of them are, how intimate some of them are, how mid-century modern some of them are. Yeah. Um, Every one of them is different. And that's kind of the point. The analogy is kind of like what Airbnb is to a hotel chain. With a hotel chain, you're going to get the exact same experience every single time. And that works for some people. Right. But for others who want the variety and want that experience, they go with Airbnb. We're sort of the same, Um, except it's radius to traditional office, corporate office space or or co-working space. Yeah. Um, That's not to say that you can't become a regular at one of these spaces and still have that consistency. But you also have the freedom to book something totally new and totally different. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. If you had a chance to have coffee or a cocktail 
there's a nice cocktail uh, uh, rack over there, which is which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, in past or or with whoever, who might that be and why? Are you a tennis fan at all? I mean, I <laughs> I, I never played tennis. Uh, Do you you know the name Roger Federer or uh, Rafa very Nadal? Well. Okay. Yeah. Because you're a tennis player. I mean, we didn't even get into that. Yeah. That piece of of your history. But I know that you're, you know. I'm kind of tennis. obsessed with that too. Yeah. 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 I think it would be, I would be torn between the two. But I think that if I had Between to those choose, two? Between those two. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would probably choose Rafael Nadal. And here's, here's the thing. That Roger Federer is such an elegant player. He was born with an innate talent. And that's not to say that he doesn't work hard to yeah. own it. He absolutely does. But he has a certain grace that you could just tell comes naturally to him. Mm-hmm. Rafa has a work ethic and a hustle and, a, and an obsession with this thing that as a startup founder that is obsessed with what she's doing right <laughs> yeah. now, I can relate to so much. Yeah. And it's not to say that he doesn't have talent because obviously yeah, he does. Yeah, clearly, yeah. But I don't think it's the same kind as Roger. Yeah. And so to watch him surpass Roger with that hard work and that intensity is extremely inspiring. So do you have any of those uh, superstitions that Nadal does? I mean, he does all <laughs> the things when he's, when he's, before every serve, he does the exact, I mean, he, he is, does. he is regimented beyond belief. Yeah. I mean, he does, he does the whole, he does this thing. He does he, all of his, I mean, he has rituals. Play, he has total rituals. He has rituals. And some people have speculated whether he has a mental health issue with that and whether it's a compulsion oh, really? or if it's just a ritual. And I don't know. I can't well, as say. A, as an athlete playing baseball, like baseball players have tons of those sort of, yeah. it's not super, that's superstition. Yeah. Like little things that you do, you know, to, to, to get you. Mm-hmm. In that, but whatever so, it is, whether it it's you know whether it's a just he's wired a little bit differently, yeah, or, yeah. it's working, it's working, and yeah, keep, keep, doing, yeah, it. keep doing it. <laughs> I I definitely have some quirks. We'll put it that way. I have some quirks, um, and but I try to make them work for me. Yeah, and uh, one thing, just a little fun fact, is I I have synesthesia. Uh, a, a version of synesthesia that um, is kind of interesting. So it's a cross, it's almost like a, a short circuiting of the brain where you can taste color or you can see sounds. And it's like your senses, What's it called? Synesthesia. synesthesia. It's like your senses, well, your senses kind of get muddled together. So for example, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say a sentence that's going to make no sense to you. Wednesdays are orange. I can't tell you why Tuesdays are green. The number three is yellow. It's kind of like these are things that these are things that in my brain just make sense. sense. And so when I'm doing when I'm doing scheduling or I'm I'm organizing my calendar, yeah. I have things color coded in a way that I don't even have to to look at what the name of the event is. I just look at and the color and intuitively, and just like for you, the words uh, the word stop is probably associated with red, right? And there's a good explanation for it. Right, right. For me, I have these random associations that, like, Christina Aguilera's voice is almond. Like, what? <laughs> That's a weird <laughs> sentence to say. But 
So there are some <laughs> some some quirks, I would say, to the way that I exist in the world. But yeah. you yeah. can use these things oh, for sure. to empower you and to kind right. of accelerate your your efforts. And so I try to do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> keep doing what you're doing because yeah. it's it's working. Yeah. So for those um, that may want to connect with you personally or connect with Radius, where should they go? Yeah, um, I am on LinkedIn all the time. Yes, you are, <laughs> and you have you put out some fire content too. By <laughs> the way, you. it's really yeah. really good. So so just search my name and and connect. And if you want to connect uh, beyond that via email or Zoom or meet with In me at a Radius Space, um, which we're testing out the names Rad Spaces now, Rad Space. So we'll see. Oh, we're, interesting. Yeah, we're testing. Yeah. yeah. Radius, yeah. the company, Rad Spaces. We're leaning into that word, that word rad yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So let's let's meet up. Awesome. Well, I mean, thanks so much for, for joining me on the show. Yeah. It's a pleasure to learn more about you. Yeah. I mean, learn more about synesthesia. Uh, <laughs> uh, learn more about what you guys are building at Radius. Yeah. It's just really incredible. So thanks for so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. This is great. Thank you for listening to Think Beyond Space, the PDX Workplace Insider Podcast. To follow along and get additional insights from each episode, visit cressa.com slash Portland. Please also take a minute to rate and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.